Welcome back to the podcast series reviewing the free agent signings that occurred during the 2037-2038 offseason. Um, this is the third segment of a series looking at the Johnson League, and we'll cover the teams in the Sun Belt. I'm, again, Ted Schmidt, and with me are still Randy Wiegand and Stephen Lane, and we'll just jump right in. Uh, the Sun Belts. Vegas. Uh, Carlos Camacho's a useless turd. <laughs> Why did they sign him for three years? That's, you know... <laughs> You're so biased about like what players did for you, which I think is fair. I never had Carlos Camacho. Oh. I never once had Carlos Camacho. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, you know, look, Carlos Camacho is versatile, and somebody's going to decide they can get somebody out of him, something out of him. I don't know if it's a good decision. And he clears, and he the ultimate clubhouse cancer. And you would think Recti, who had Travis Lara, would know this and know to stay away from him. Recti would tell you, were he here, that he likes to make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, <laughs> I think. he he's I've, I've heard him made fun of, make fun of himself about it before. Um, Antonio Robles is Antonio Robles. Uh, looks like he might be the starter. Um, looks like that could be okay. Uh, that, you know, I like that, I like that structure. It's the team options. Yeah, I think it's fine. Is anybody happy about Vegas getting Moro Flores besides Rekt? Like, well, he's not in the frick, so... That's true. Yeah, I'm okay that's a good point. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll be happy about that. Like, I don't... I mean, I, 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 love, I love Matt. Like, I'm, I'm glad for him that his team got better, but, like... You know, it's kind of like the Yankees signing a top pitcher, right? Like, we're just, like, great. Yeah, wonderful. Well, one of my... Probably, well, depending on your point of view, did you see the bonuses and the incentives on this deal? Uh, are they um, advanced? For, for 200 innings, he gets $5 million. For a Nebraska, he gets $4 million. And for an All-Star game, he gets $2 million. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a little more incentive-y than I usually am, and I'm pretty I'm on the high end. Um, <laughs> although... I mean, in theory... That's eleven million in incentives every single year. <laughs> oh, it's not though, right? Because he's not going to get the Nebraska every year. It's seven. It's probably seven, which is quite. It's yeah. All... Probably even questionable that he gets two hundred innings. He has only done that uh, once since uh, thirty-three. Yeah. Well, but to be fair, he's also on Brooklyn a couple of those well, years. But even, even in Valencia, doesn't... he came in just under. So maybe Rekt is just. Uh, just working that system, just massaging the heck out of the system. Um, although you know, I will say since you're here, yes. seven million sounds like a lot in bonus money every year because it is. But I believe we might have a gentleman here who once paid more than that in uh, bonus amounts. I think. Didn't you, Stephen? Didn't you once have like an eight million bonus? I I think that was Bailey. I think he had. A, or was it five? Not that much. Was it five? Bonus. Was it eight base salary with five as the bonus? I don't know. It was it was a lot. It was way too much. Either way, let's just let's just all say that Recti. We all learned advanced bonus techniques from professional from Professor Recti. Oh, I don't know that I did. I I I I I am perfectly scummy enough to figure it out on my own. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly that's... don't think they matter that much. Like I really don't think they're. I, I think the players. Um, like OTP used to have such a huge contract manipulation issue that I think that it's gotten pretty damn good about players not letting you move their average annual value a whole heck of a lot, regardless of what you do to them. Um, like I, I think you, well, then, you might be able to slide it a million or two. And I've, I've noticed that there's like a diminishing returns. Like 
once you've moved it maybe a million you can keep throwing bonus money at them all you want and it doesn't seem to go any further um i don't i don't know have you ever noticed as another guy who do you mess around with bonus funds in your um or bonus with uh with bonuses in your extensions steven much uh yeah not as much as free agents but a little bit have you noticed that too that they really don't seem to have the impact that they once did or at least that like they don't let you move the the value that much like the players just like nope this is the average salary i want like i don't know yeah i yeah it's definitely not um i haven't been doing it for that long to to, to say how it's changed but i don't think it's that impactful right so on the on the other oh, sorry the other interesting thing to me about this one is the two vesting options at the end that require 25 starts. I like those. So, Rex, you don't or you I do? I do, right? You like them from the GM perspective or from the player perspective? I like them from the GM perspective. I think that's a... I almost wonder why, like, and, you know, Steve is somewhere blowing a gasket. Um, but from a purely tactical contract manipulation standpoint, you have to pay for team option buyouts, right? Vesting options. I mean, normally, yeah. Vest vesting options are just they're they're basically team options with no buyout if you work them right. Um, I'm wonder, kind of exactly. wonder why we don't see more yeah. of them. And like you think, well, you don't get to start in five different the five games. Do you know what the difference is between like Moro Flores and like your best AAA prospect pitcher for five games? Like it's it's not much. <laughs> it's not a win. Well, I mean, and when I used to do the pitching, the the game score thing, which I haven't done the last couple of years because I've kind of shifted my focus into other things. But um, 25 is what I I pulled the league, and that kind of is what we came across as a full season. Right. Because it's basically you can miss a month worth of starts, which is, I mean, guys get banged up here and there, and they miss two weeks here. Two, you know what I mean? That happens right. sometimes, even to the best. Guys. Yeah, so you might not so even have to basically skip that many. Yeah, Rekt is basically saying, I want a full season out of Mauro Flores in each of those years. And as we just saw with uh, Aaron and Gomez, you can get a lot out of your guys, but just have them miss that vesting option if you want them. Well, but the other thing here is, let's not look at this entirely from a cynical standpoint. That's also injury protection, right? Like, if Moro Flores gets yeah. hurt enough that he misses that, a chunk of, did he misses, say, you could even make this lower, you can make it 20 games. If Moro Flores has, like, a half-season injury, I want out of that deal. I want out of, I, I like, at his age, you know, like, you don't want to. Especially if it's an arm. Right, arm or, like, yeah. elbow or shoulder. Um, so, I, I, I really like those. I, I don't, I, I think we probably should be seeing. Um, there's a reason in real life that you don't see too many vesting options, because um, players aren't stupid. Um, or at least their agents. Yeah. Well, and I, aren't, I like, really admit, I'm I'm jealous because I tried to get in on Flores, but he didn't like my manager, so he told me to go pound sand. I think it was like but... ten freaking people could talk to Flores, like, which I maybe uh, it was just annoying. It it might be realistic, but it's just freaking annoying that he was just not available. I know Marco said. I know Marco was one, which I don't know. Was Marco really going to have? 65 or 70 million tied up in two well I don't, I don't know but i mean i couldn't talk to him you couldn't talk to him marco couldn't talk to him steven did you try to talk to flores um i you know i i don't think so i think i decided uh i didn't like him enough to pay okay, so you, yeah so what he was asking so you don't know if you could talk to him or not yeah okay. um so mexico city 
Um, I thought Las Vegas did good, um, but you know, I mean, yes, they Rick did. already summed it up. He got rid of his off season consisted of getting out of Harkness, Harshnet, and Sweet World, and adding Flores. That's that's about as good as you do. Um, Mexico City needed the second base, and they signed a reliever. So sure, <laughs> whatever. Leonardo Gonzalez. I kind of I like the uh, the deal's fine. I like the deal because you're betting on the talent over the performance, and if it continues to be the performance outweighs the talent, then you have two team options where you can just say bye. Yep. yep. I don't think there's Stephen. Unless you have something burning that you want to add to that. No. Okay. No. Uh, Decent reliever. Good deal. I enjoyed. I I my notes have fun little names for me. Um, Phoenix is a. Uh, and like just you know, division titles are uh, renamed and uh, teams are renamed. So we just got done with the Mexico City rainouts, and we're moving on to the Phoenix rotator cuffs. Which, <laughs> for them, by the way, in honor in honor of Phoenix, uh, and because it's uh, almost nine o'clock at night here, I will drink some Vodak and and pour Did one you, out for. So there was a whole for Vodak. Leaving. I usually read the media guide. I always read the media guide. Apparently, there was a whole article about how like Vodak was like a scam and it got shut down and other stuff. And I missed yeah. all of that. Totally yeah, missed it. Damn it! If I'm damn it! If I'm still not gonna bring it up because I used it in my team news when I won the Landis. Well, I had John Reed drinking Vodak in the locker room to celebrate every series win. You know what? It's probably really <laughs> expensive now. It's like Crystal Pepsi. Like you just. Find that. Taylor, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor doesn't listen to this because it's like I don't want to listen to a bunch of old guys. But Taylor's out there like, what's Crystal Pepsi? Um, Taylor should be listening to this and going, what's vodka? No, no. I mean, he's only eighteen. He should be wondering. That's what mean, he doesn't is. know what it is. <laughs> like, that's a fair point. And also, he doesn't he manage a team in Canada, so he can drink up there. He's fine. <laughs> You know what? I, I've never been a big fan of Bryce Harper, but that is one of my favorite answers to a reporter question ever. When Did you remember that? Yeah, because not only is he under well, I guess he was of age in Canada, but the whole Mormon thing, that was great. Right, but it was just, that was the, it was just the, like, that's a clown question, bro. That's awesome. That's a perfect answer out of, like, a young professional to, like, somebody who's trying to be like, oh, you're a kid, are you going to party? Like, just shut the hell up. That was so good. And the look of sheer disdain on his face when he said it, yeah. too. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's just so good. All right, uh, Dylan Young. Um, I, I don't know. Steven, did you ever have Dylan Young? I like it. Yeah, Dylan Young at one point, didn't you? I did for a little while. Is it just like yeah. every like player it. in free agency? Hey, Steven, did you have this guy? Randy traded for them, <laughs> and you signed them as a free agent. That's every. That's why you guys are here. Like every <laughs> player in the league. <laughs> um, no, more likely I traded him, not traded for him. Because I don't trade for that many guys. I keep the ones I trade for. It's the ones I trade out that spread all over the league. Oh, well, fair. Fair enough. But uh, eventually you trade everyone out. So it's the same thing. Like, Steven, did you see uh, Estika Ramadine in the deal? That was a guy that you and I had. Remember yes. him? Yes. Uh-huh. I do. I just looked at him the other the, the other day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, re- I saw that one. I went, holy shit, he's still kicking around. How about that? <laughs> Man, yeah, Phoenix like, needs to make a trade like with him. Boise. Sorry, this is a random aside. Phoenix has Maxine Manso, and um, Boise has Maxence Mace and Maxine Macon. And Maxine Manso <laughs> needs to be on that team with those guys. Those guys all need to be in the same place. 
Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, Dylan Young. Do we? Do we? Boise has no talent. Boise. Boise has no talent. They have no talent to lose. They're terrible. Well, Why do I have this team? Well, you know, I mean, things happen. Dylan Young. This ballpark was built by a kindergartner. Does Dylan Young have anything left? I like it. I may be crazy, but I like that deal. It's super cheap. He's a he's a closer stopgap. That's fine. That's a that's a good deal for a stopgap closer. He struck out ten for nine last year. Yeah, I think it's a good I think it's a great price. And he's not um he's not showing anything that makes me worry that he doesn't have at least one more good year. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's just had some some ab, some weird ERAs, but like that seems to just be more Babip stuff than anything, right? Like it looks. Yeah, he had. Yeah, he walks a few too many. Um, his six batters, six. Yeah, and they went up a little bit. Six. Holy, I didn't realize this. He walked six batters per nine innings last year in Brooklyn. It's only twenty twenty eight innings, so. I mean, like two bad days, maybe can do that's that. That's JJ Alonso territory right there. That's, yeah, that's really weird. Um, but I don't think that's real. I mean, that's just kind of odd. No, I think I think he's fine. I think for a team that has, because Marco kind of has a small window sneakily because he's got a lot of guys coming up for contracts. And if you're gonna try to not blow your budget and at the same time try to keep your window open to contend. This is the sort of guy you sign as a, as your closer. Yeah, I I should be happier about this, right? Because I'm the don't pay for don't pay for relief stuff, and he got a good reliever and didn't pay for him. I should be more happy about, happy about this than I am. Um, You're just hungover, Ted. What? You're just hungover. Yeah, I'm a little hungover. Okay, San. I'm drinking and you're hungover. San Antonio. Not happy. Um. Did they have any money to spend after last year? They did. They spent like uh, they spent like fifteen million almost. Well, they signed, to be fair, eleven was on one guy. They signed Willard Gagne, Jose Gamboa, Ramon Garza, and Jesus Cajas, Casas, and they addressed some needs. They needed uh, they needed a catcher. They needed some relief help. They needed a center fielder. They needed a shortstop too, but I don't think they were going to get that in their budget. They were going to get either a center fielder or a shortstop, and they got one of them. Um, and they have some defense for shortstops. They're just they just can't hit at all. I believe if I remember looking correctly. The thing about Gagne that I really like is this is basically a two year deal because he still has an arbitration year after this one. Is that the deal there? I was wondering why so short. That was kind of because he he still has one year of arbitration left. Yeah. So this is essentially a two year contract that he just snuck in as a one year deal because Calvaruso's sneaky. <laughs> now that makes more sense because I don't. Gagne's had some problems staying on the field, um, unfortunately. This, so this is the way to manage that because this is essentially a team option that you don't have to pay a buyout for. Right. Well done, Mike Calvaruso. Well, here's Bravo my question, though. I... Oh, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ted. If you stretch this out, because I don't know that anyone was anyone else going to pay. 11 million a year for Willard Gagne. So if you stretch this out and say you make it like seven and a half to eight over two years, do you still get that ARP year? No. Are you, that are would you, buy out the last no, ARP. Are you but, sure? But you should have at least, yeah, because you your, your service time is still going to be over six years at the end of that you, deal. So what, so. The, yeah, you would have locked the price in is what you would have done. Because right, the problem with this is the price of the last ARP year is based on this year's contract. 
So the arb ask is like 11 and a half. Or the ARB estimate is like eleven and a half. Whereas if you had signed him to an eight-year deal, it probably would have or an eight million dollar deal, it probably would have been like eight and a half or nine. So is the game screwing up? Because occasionally you see somebody like sign a free agent and they sign a guy that ends up having two ARB years left. I, I did that recently. Or is that or did I just find a thirty-one-year-old with four years of service time? I, mean, I think that- it, I. I mean, I don't pay enough attention to how real baseball works in that regard because you don't see that many guys that you actually care about unless it's your team. Um, Most in real baseball, I think it's very rare that you'll have a guy that, that would sign for this amount of money that was not tendered. Yes. Because they're going to sign for this amount of money. I mean, you'll occasionally see guys who get non tendered and they're worth this amount of money, but they're going to sign for more than one year. Right, right, right. I just don't. I don't know. It's it, the whole. It's it's an it's an odd situation, but it, it looks like it's going to work out pretty well. Um, yeah. The bigger question here is: if you needed a center fielder, why did you sign Gagne? Because he's not really a center fielder. Um, exactly. Yeah. You know. I. I don't know. This may be Calvarusa just moving out of his out of his comfort zone a little bit. Um, he tends to play lots of defense and no bats, and uh, you know maybe he's just uh, maybe he feels he can sacrifice one. I don't, I don't know. I I don't know. Who knows? Don't know. Yeah, I mean, and his bat is fine, but I don't know. He's not a very good clubhouse guy either. I I I don't really like the deal. Yeah, I I'm not excited about it. I I think the best I can say is kind of yeah, okay. I like it from the perspective that he essentially gets a two-year deal for the price of one year. Right. Well, because if he instead of having instead of having to pay money to decline the team option that most of us have to do in year two if we sign this sort of deal, he can just decline the arbitration and he gets gets off scot free. Yeah. The other thing is that Dax Norris is going to be probably ready to play next year, and Dax Norris actually kind of is a center fielder. Not a great one, but he actually looks like he may be a real one. So, can he shift Gagne over to the corner? Who does he have in the corners? Because I know he had Paul Warren, who we discussed uh, earlier. Chang and Chang and Mark White, um, probably. Oh so no, he's fine in the corners because those are two pretty good corner outf- I mean, I don't know how they are in the field, but th- you're not moving those guys off the corner, right? I don't know. It, it's it's fine. You know, I I'm more with Steven than I am with you. Like. Injuries, clubhouse stuff. I mean, you went, but but on the other hand, he if he'd played a whole season last year, he would have been like a six or seven win player. So I mean, it's it's yeah. I I just like the creativity of signing the one year when he has the arbitration year. So you essentially yeah. get that second year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good point. I just you know it's just too much money. I think for for what he is. Yep. They uh, got Jose Gamboa for a million, which is a good price, but I hope they have a better plan to catch her. Uh, Ramon Garza. I like Jose Gamboa. That's one of my old guys. I've oh. always had a soft spot for him. Yeah, but but for a million, that's fine. Oh, no, he's not it, great. It's fine, but he's not a starter, and they needed a better catcher. But I I can't blame him. They didn't have a lot of money. It, it's just a fine price for him. But, but. Yeah, this this falls into, what I again, what I was talking about earlier, and the same thing with Colby Stevens that I didn't mention with Nashville, is if you're looking for a backup catcher, you pay a million, a million and a half, and that's fine. Yeah, that's which, what they're worth. Right. Ramon Garza was two point five. Is probably a waste of money. Um, 
I don't know if he can start. Can he oh, start? I think he's being looked at as a reliever, right? I think I mean, he is maybe a little expensive, but he will be a good reliever. Why do you think he'll be a good reliever? Oh, you know what? Well, is if that he's a... used correctly. All his crap. If pers- he's used you're... Mainly, yeah, you're right. If he's used mainly against righties, you've got an extreme ground ball, 687 guy um, with three pitches. He'll be fine. Okay. You guys are a lot better at this than I am. Is Garza a guy you can convert? No. Is what? Is he a guy you can convert? No. Because I'm I'm terrible at that. I converted Tommy Dietz and it worked out so badly. The Dietz, that the Dietz one should I'm have worked. Scarred. The Dietz one didn't work because he was lumping and he continued to lump after he converted. That's why Dietz didn't work. The reason you don't convert Garza is that the pitches that he is giving up will not make an impact in his fastball and forkball. They're not another yeah. not enough rating there. And the velocity, everybody gets the velocity bump, and he's a fastball guy, so that, that will help some. But, like, I doubt that he's any better after a conversion. And I've actually kind of was pooping on I'm looking at Garza a little bit more now. You know, he wasn't so bad as a starter a few years back. Um, but I agree. I think I think the role, the better role for him is the reliever used used correctly. Yeah, I don't think you start him. I think he. I think he's your long reliever that if you need a starter for like a month, you can toss him in there and he won't kill you. Yeah, kill you. But yeah, like emergency situation. Oh, uh, Jesus! But they have a Casas. They have, they have a good top two. Yep. Looking at San Antonio, oh, no, they, they have a good top two. They do. Condo and Carpenter. Yeah. I don't care about Jesus Casas. I don't want to talk about him. Let's go to Wichita. Wichita needs a lot of things on offense. Or I'm sorry, they need a lot of and pitching. They, they need a lot of pitching things. And they need a lot of things. They need a lot of things. They signed Gabriel Talamate. That's a long, long deal. The money's about right, but why does he get a six-year contract? With Ted, your favorite structure I hate, of all time. I hate team option after player option after team option. It's a, it's I mean, we all have pet peeves, and I'm not a, I'm not gonna say that it's any more egregious than any of the other manipulations of OTPs, but like Actually, I am. Oh, it is more egregious, but it is. It's worse than the uh, the bonus structuring. Yeah, because I it, now it all fairness to Stu, so we don't get accused of ripping on him. Everyone, at least he didn't offer it like a thirteen million dollar player option after a seven million dollar team option. At least right. the money is somewhat right, good. or like the the t the second or two team options and the second one's three times the first one. And and the other thing is yeah, that, it, again, Steve's not the only. Uh, Steve, you're Steven. Stu is not the only one that does this. Like it's not like he's some yeah, evil no. troll. Like this is a thing that we can do, so people yep. do well, it. Well, Stu is well, Stu is an evil <laughs> troll. But this, <laughs> <laughs> and and he's got a he's got a three million dollar buyout on the the team option. So I I think it's it's fine. It, yeah, um, it's not the it's not the end of the world. Um, I just don't like that that OTP even OTP should not allowed like the player should say no anytime there's a player option after a team option the player should say i should just decline the contract because it's it's so not in their favor that the game logic should say or make you pay so much or make you pay over the aav so significantly beforehand right that it doesn't really matter right yeah it's it's just it's that this is the game just not being very smart. The other thing I don't like about this but is it's an escalating contract for a 30 year old guy, and I just hate that. You know, I, well, it's also one of his old Louisville guys, well, so I'm sure they're some sort of well, yeah, and he's an upgrade over George Lee over, over George Lee Anderson, the fifth, 
um, who probably shouldn't be playing second base anymore. Um, but on the other hand, then where's Anderson going to play, right? Uh, is he going to play? Well, he probably should. He's a decent hitter. He's not a great hitter. I guess maybe he just doesn't play. Seems odd, right? Like, but and then as far as the pitching, he signed a bunch of fourth and fifth starters. Yeah, I somehow I don't. I don't. The only signing I have written down for Stu is the is the Talamate one, and that's not correct. So I don't. He signed Esteban Sanchez for three point for two years, six point two million. Yeah, yeah. He signed Ricardo Ortiz for one year, two point four million. He signed Rogerio Vasquez for one year, two million. And then for some unknown reason, he signed Hiroyuki Rin for six years, forty-eight million, with three year three million the first year and nine million every year after that, with the last year being a player option. Well, he intends to start Rin. Um, he has to, but he doesn't. Rin is also have to. Mm-hmm. He just intends to. And Rin, as used as a starter last year, was a five-win starter. I mean, I'd pay nine million for but a five-win starter. Like. But he's also like 32 years old, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's long, right? I don't think the value is bad. I think the length is is uh, frightening a little bit. Um, Rin is Rin turned 32 just after the season, and so he'll pitch this whole year at 32. But that means he'll finish out this contract when he's 37. Yeah. I don't know if I and he was okay as a starter, but it's not like he was world beating. That's pretty good. I think the ERA. Um, makes this look, you know, his FIP was three. His ERA was a whole run higher than his FIP. Like, he was a good starter. Um, but doesn't Edmonton kill homers and Stu just move its fences in? Uh, I don't know. Let me look. Um, Stu's fences aren't horrible. They're in a, um, the left-handed side's a little homer happy. And Edmonton, what does Edmonton do? Yep, Edmonton kills homers. So, good call. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not as I'm not as upset. I you know as anti this contract as you. I mean the length is the length is frightening. The length is, is yeah. Because I mean I'm anti giving a 32 year old pitcher with a spotty record as a starter six years 48 million dollars. I don't think he has a spotty record as a starter, man. I think he has a good record as a starter. Um, well, has he? I mean. He hasn't started, but this last year was the first year he had started. Well, he started in 27, 28, 29, and 30, which is a, granted a decade ago, but he was also good as a starter then. I don't know. Like, like, I don't think there's a question as to whether or not Rin can start. I think that question's been answered. Now, you don't like low stamina guys. And three and three is even low for the low. Like, Steven, you can chime in on this. You, oh, like, Steven, you don't mind Steven's your low stamina. For a moment, so. Oh, um, but... I mean, three is there's a big difference between three and four. Right, stamina like, for it looks like you can get about 150 innings out of them. 150 innings of, of five win baseball. And, you know, I, I like if if Stu's not tying himself into the box of my starter has to go this number of innings and throw this many pitches and like you can get that value out of him for a couple of years. I think it's fine. I, I I still agree with you on the length. The length is um the length is unfortunate. Uh, well, but also my thing with this was at least for the next couple of years, Rin is the best starting pitcher he has, or the worst than number two. Yeah, well, the other guys aren't aren't real aren't real exciting. But there wasn't there, you know, Stu needed a lot of starters, so he at least got like, you know, the parts. He's basically yeah, the parts to help. Steven, I, Steven, I see you're back. Well, I mean, what are your thoughts on 
three versus four stamina as a starting pitcher. We're talking uh, about here for Wichita. Three, I mean, it's low, but if you're just asking about the difference between three and four, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, Take that, Randy. Um, <laughs> we've, been, we've been debating. It's fine. No, I mean, because we're basically wondering, is Hiroyuki Rin... You're, we're paying him, which we both agree that six years is too long for a 32-year-old. But can he be an effective starting pitcher? How long has his stamina been a three? Yeah, was it three last year? That's Was it? I mean, was this it a three? This is where we're running to. What scouting report do we trust? <laughs> was it a three when he was, you know, starting 30 games for Atlantic City when he first came up? or It was four back then. Um, okay, so even so, like last year, I, actually, I assume it was actually last year. If I remember correctly, it was like six, and he had an arm injury and came back to it, came back without any of his stamina. Okay, um, well, regardless, three stamina, you know, so what? You put his pitch count at eighty and and get five good innings out of him. Yeah, that was it. Uh, you, Especially with the nine control, he's not going to be walking a lot of guys. You're you're still going to get some innings out of him. Yeah, that, that's what I thought. I, I agree. I I think I would totally, if I thought that Rin could do what he did last year, which I don't think is too big of a leap, I would totally pay him nine million a year. I would not do it until he's thirty-seven years old. And I think he probably retires before the end of this contract. But uh, do you? I think he might just be terrible. I think if you're if you're Wichita and you don't have a bunch of salary. You know, salary cap concerns. I think it's fine, especially for you know, especially for a guy that's you know going to put a few butts in the seats. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't. Randy hates this deal. I think it's just kind of a you know, it's got well, a good side and a bad side. But we can disagree, right? Yeah, and I, I don't like blanking. I, Stephen, you and I are polar opposites in this. I've gone on record many times as saying I hate low stamina starters. It so, just depends on how you use them. This is true. And I, I acknowledge that. I mean, and you use them in a way like the Chris Rio signing made perfect sense for you. I hate to steal your thunder from later, Ted, but <laughs> the Rio signing makes perfect sense for you, Steve. And it wouldn't have made sense for a guy like me who wants my guys to go six, seven innings every time. Let's talk about Ricardo Ortiz. Um, how much did you pay Ricardo Ortiz? Two million for 2.4 for one. That seems fine. For a fungible starting arm, which is he's a back of the rotation arm. I have not made that's all he signed. He signed Ortiz and Sanchez and another guy whose name I'm forgetting right now. Yeah. For all around one two million bucks to pay to be a fourth or fifth starter. Yeah, that's I mean, it's I think better than they were. Um I don't know. Wichita is like Yeah, the problem the problem for Stu is that rotation is the one good, or that division is the one good division in the Johnson. Right. Well, then, so he's gonna have a tough, he's gonna have a tough time cracking that top three. But it makes even more sense then at this point for him to not be like spending millions of dollars on short-term solutions, right? Like Wichita is kind of they're in a weird spot in that like they're not awful, but they've got a lot of work to do to get competitive, and. It, it's just hard. Like, it's just one of the toughest, toughest places to be with a team is that 
you know, like trying, trying to get over the hump. Um, so, so I don't... yeah. And I mean, they're, they're for, especially for an expansion franchise, he's done really, he, I mean, he's done really well with them as, especially when you compare him to now, granted Boise's had a lot of turnover. Yeah. Boise's just been rudderless. So, you know, um, I think that there's no way that Brett didn't have a plan with Boise. Like he's too been around too long, too good of a GM. However, Brett's builds are not, and he's been, Brett's been very successful with him, but they're not, like, typical. Um, you know, we've seen Jeff be really unhappy with the park format that uh, that Schrader created, and Brett was probably, when he was drafting and putting stuff together, was doing it specifically for that, for that park format. And then and when then you he, put in, like, two or three other people in between there, like, it's just that, they just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, Boise's, they, Boise's been a turnstile, and it's yeah. and it, the problem is it hasn't been a turnstile of veteran guys that know the league and know how to like. It's not like you had guys like Robillard. I mean, Jeff's been in the league before, but he's the end of it. Like between there, you had a couple guys who, yeah, I don't think were just league veterans. I or league rookies. I think they were relatively new to OTP in general. Right, and I think that like it's shown by the fact that I don't even know which one it was, but they signed Carlos Gonzalez, a power hitter, right-handed power hitter, power hitter to, to go a to park work. that absolutely kills that sort of stuff. Right, exactly. But Steven's happy because he got him back at a discount. So yes, he did. Are you still there, Steven? Can't complain about oh, that. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. So we've got. I just we've gotten through. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. Nope. No, I was just saying, I was just listening to you guys talk. Yeah, that's because we start to yell at each other. It's, uh... Oh, <laughs> uh, I think we've gotten through, everybody. We did? We usually do, like, a winners and losers thing, but, like, I don't... I don't know that we can. I like, I like uh, Vegas. Yeah, why well, just... As much as I said Carlos Camacho's a useless turd, Mauro Flores completely outweighs that. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. And that. I like... I don't know if there's a loser. Like, let's, why don't we just do our favorite contracts? No, I don't see a big loser. I like the Flores contract, and for the lower value, I really like the Paul Warren deal from Huntsville. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Warren is is a is probably my favorite deal. I definitely don't like the Flores contract as much as you guys, or at least as much as Randy. But uh, it's you know, it's fine. It's fine. Why don't you like the Flores I mean, deal? I think it's too much money and for as much as i love guys with splits in my bullpen i really hate guys with splits in the rotation and the the 957 versus lefties really scares me um especially given the amount of lefties that we have um in the league now should i let that impact me after he's you know never had an era over four in his career um you know probably not but it just you know for me to commit that many years and that much money to a guy i just didn't didn't like it that much if that wasn't a five and it was a six like let's say you knew you could be a full point higher so let's say he's five and a half now and you knew that was a six and a half motion would you care as much or is that really the big thing? Is it, it's, he's. Um, I wouldn't, if, no, if the movement was better, that would, you know, if it was like a six, six and a half, that would be, that would be a lot better. Um, but, uh, but it's not, <laughs> it's not. So, you know, um, I, I think it's interesting that you say that that's too much money. Um, 
I agree. I don't ever want to play a single player on my player on my roster twenty six million dollars um, is an average annual value. Like I, I just don't. I don't know that you can win like that with those as long term deals. Now I, I I shouldn't I shouldn't say that you can. People have done it, so I shouldn't say that I don't know that you can. I know that you can. I think that makes it very hard, right? Like it, it absolutely it ties you into I, like a you have to have young cost controlled stars to do that. Um, right. Which means well, at some point you had to have been. What I was going to say is terrible. Yeah. At some you, point you had to. Have you been, need guys. Or or you have to like you need just guys that are on their rookie deals in order for that to work. And then, yeah, and then it just it's it just you lose so much flexibility with a deal like that. So it's interesting to hear hear you say that because I feel like the leaves. Remember um, when Atlantic City signed uh, Eduardo Lopez, Lopez in and Correa. To like I think it was around twenty six million dollar deals. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, that's so much! It's insane." But we've seen so much of it recently that it seems like it's it's normal. And and like as I've watched that happen, I'm just sitting here thinking like the cap's not gotten bigger, you know. <laughs> like so, my question then, if I can turn this to you, Ted, how would you? I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but how do you feel about paying Dempster twenty two? I'm okay with that one. Um, and the reason I'm because okay, he's been so good he's, that he's, it does because he's the best pitcher. He's he's the best pitcher in the league. Um, now he might not be for long. He's he's 29, you know, so maybe I shouldn't be. But like, um, but he's so good. Like that's the I I. I but it's also four million less, right? 22 versus 26 is a significant difference. That's a whole player. That's a that's a you know yes. Um, that's a that's a big it's a big money difference, and I just the. Just the ratings differences, yeah. you know, Dempster's a lot more solid versus lefties than right. He's just a better player. Um, yeah. Well, and and what you know, I had to, I had to make that decision this off season. Do I want to go after Flores or do I want to go after Greenwood and Rios? And now it depends on the makeup of your rotation. Obviously, Vegas was starting with a better rotation than me, um, but I just you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather spread that money out. I like your choice better. On the other hand, I'm not sure you should have been able to get Greenwood and Rios at the prices that you did. Um, I think well, you did a really I good job of jumping all over free agency this year. Just, <laughs> you know, like starting out of the gate hot. And, and, Spoiler alert, Ted. <laughs> yeah, I'm not waiting. This was not a free agency class to wait in, I don't think. I think it was a... I for for the guys that you want and this is a little inside the bba for for any of the new guys that might still be listening you cannot wait on a guy that you want in free agency in this league because they will go in that first sim right and so you put in your best sorry yeah morrow waiting as long as he did was the exception to the rule right that does not happen usually right and that's probably because as we discussed earlier, he didn't want to talk to half the teams in the league that wanted to talk to him. Right. And, like, I've always been, even in, I, I, I've i been in different leagues, I think you guys have too, with different free agency structures. Um, there's a part of me that wishes we had more spread out sims, so there's a little bit more negotiation, but it'll also make it long and boring, so I get it. But in a structure like this, you absolutely need to be getting your best bid in early. Like, just... Put a value on a player. Decide that's what you think you're worth, and put the offer out there. And if you don't get yep. them, you don't get them. Um, but in even in yeah. other structures that were like, I had one that was like a, um, we had one that was like a. I've had a couple 
others that are like blind auctions. We had one that was like an open auction. You just had to, you had to have a bid for a day. You had to have 24 hours of being the top bid. And that was the whole, the whole free agency system. Even God, in, that would be so confusing to keep track of. Oh, uh, no, you huh. just sorted stuff by date. And you just had to look. It was, but like it was. I mean, it was. It no, was, but I mean, as far as figuring out how much, as far as figuring out how much money you had to spend individually, no, you just got used to it. Like it was fine. Um, I mean, we didn't even have O. That was the older software. We didn't even have OTPs. Like owner telling us you couldn't spend more. You just had to know. It wasn't so bad. But like, but the thing is, even in there, it was still the same. Best offer early. Don't budge. If the player, I mean, uh, you can revise, you can look at it again and go, okay, fewer guys are available. Is it now worth more to me to pay a little bit more? Has the, has the valuation of this changed? But like, overwhelmingly, it was just advantageous in every format I've been in to get into free agency. Like, like especially Steven, as you were saying, for the big name players, for the good players, you put in your bid for what you're worth. And if you lose out on them, you lose out on them. Um, because otherwise you won't get it. Yeah. Now waiting yeah, on older my... guys, older guys like vets, <laughs> things you can get on one year deals, fungible relievers. Yeah, you can wait on those and see you can sneak out later, but not for the big. Basically, guys. I think Ted, what you and I did this year as far as signing guys in Sims three and four, like good players, because you signed Alfredo Martinez and I, I signed Jaden Harsnett. Normally, those are the guys where you either sign them in Sim one or two like early or you get them in free agency. You don't usually see those caliber players going in Sims three and four. So I think this year is sort of an aberration in that regard. And I think you and I being, having been around this league, I mean, this is my, I came in before 2032. We're now jumping into 2038. So what, six years? Yeah. you're, You're still relatively young GM man comparatively. Well, I know that, but I mean, I've still been around. Yeah, but you're I'm not a rookie. Still... I mean, you're a, you're a vet here, so I get it. I'm just giving you a hard time. But I've been around to know that you, those guys don't usually go in that time span. But you get guys like Greenwood and all the players that Steven signed in the first sim when I sent you a message going, holy shit, Steven signed everybody. Yeah, they usually go in sim do? one, and if they're not sim one, sim two. Right. And then... And then you get the guys like Popo and Karlamov where they sit and you can sign them in spring training. You don't usually get guys who can be actual impactful starters for your team in Sims 3 and 4. It usually does not happen. But there's a reason. Unless there's been... No, I said unless there's been an extensive, for some reason, like, Five teams are bidding on him in Sims 1 and 2, and they're so heavily bid after that they just wait. Yeah, but there's a reason that happened this year with uh, Martinez and with Harsnett. In Harsnett's case, he has a bad rap, he, and he was asking for a lot of money, and around Sim 4, he dropped his price a whole lot, because that's what happens after the new year. Um, the same thing with Martinez. He dropped his asking price a whole bunch, and nobody wants to play him in the outfield. I'm gonna, because why not? But, like... So, I mean, there's always there's always an explanation for why it happens. But as we've rambled on and on, we're just repeating what Steven said in the first place with more words. Is that if you want a guy and he's good, do it early. Go get him. Yep. Well, I think we've gotten through just about everything. Um, thanks, thanks, Steven, for putting up with us talking over you constantly, being polite no, and quiet about it. 
So nice. <laughs> anyway, thanks to everyone who um, listened. This has been fun for us, which is why I continue to do it. And hopefully it has been fun for Randy and Steven. And even more hopefully it's fun for the people listening. But thanks, Randy. Thanks, Steven, for being thanks, here. Sir.